The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Peter began to say to Jesus, We have given up everything and followed you. Jesus said, Amen, I say to you, there is no one who has given up house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the sake of the gospel who will not receive a hundred times more now in this present age houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and eternal life in the age to come. But many that are first will be last, and the last will be first. The Gospel of the Lord. Today, the first reading ends with something that's really important for us, and that's really the universal call to holiness. You know, in that, in that first letter that we hear today, we hear that that's what we're all called to be. And no matter what our situation is, is that we're all called to be holy people, uh, more than anything else in the world. And as we get ready for Lent, Lent really is a reminder of that, a reminder of our universal call to holiness. Every one of us, no matter what our state in, in life is, you know, no matter what we are, holy is the primary concern that we should have for our life. But that often only comes from getting to know oneself and then, you know, getting to know God, getting to know oneself and, and allowing yourself to be known. The only way that that ever really happens is, is by being vulnerable. The only way that you ever get to know one another on a friendship level, on a relationship level, is to be vulnerable to that person. It tends to mean that they know the best parts about you and the worst parts about you. And that's the same thing for the Lord. There, there's nothing that we could remain hidden under the guise of the Lord. He knows it all already. But what he needs from us is the cooperation for us to recognize that in ourself, for us to actually recognize our own, our own sinfulness in our life. So one of the things that's so challenging about this is that, you know, you hear the gospel today and... It's our suffering, our difficulties, and things like that. The things that we actually give up to God, there is a promise at the end of that, right? The promise is, for this faithfulness, no matter what it is that you sacrifice in this life, what you are going to inherit is so much greater than anything that you would ever lose here on this earth. And to be reminded of that. I know, I'm sure that many of you have read the book, The, the Warning. I've also read it myself. And, and have heard even more about that, that whole situation. Um, with coming, you know, calamities in the world. But one of the most important things, I was talking to Deacon Bill about this yesterday, one of the most important things about that is that if a warning comes to the world, and all of us in a moment, in the whole entire world, are able to see our own sinfulness, which is a terrifying prospect, yes, it really is. But the thing that I often hear people forget to speak about is that it always says, after that moment, many, many people will convert to the faith. So even though they're going through a terrifying experience, it will result in great conversion in the world. 
it says that some of the signs that we see in some different parts of the world will result in great conversion of peoples. That's an amazing and wonderful thing that we have to realize, even though we might have to go through terrible difficulty to get there. But many people will, will convert. That's a, that's a wonderful um, realization. You know, in fact, Deacon Bill and I were talking about yesterday, we wondered what it would, like, would be like as the church got smaller for a while. And then if some great event happens that makes a lot of people want to convert, we were like, oh, what's it going to be like? Are we going to be sitting in the office and there's just going to be people all around? Are we going to have to be baptizing people by, by the thousands or something like that? Maybe. But that would be a very interesting time to be a part of the church. But regardless of that, regardless of what happens in the future, because it's not for us to know, what's under our control is allowing the Lord to know us. Um, one of the things, I just want to read a tiny, very brief portion of this today. But, um, well, actually, I'll just do it from here. But the, um, this is from the Office of Readings today. This is from the Confessions of St. Augustine. Again, and he writes very much about allowing the, know, the Lord to know him. And that he knows him, knows us, better than we know our very selves. And so this is from the Confessions. He says, Lord, you know me. Let me know you. Let me come to know you even as I am known. You are the strength of my soul. Enter it and make it a place suitable for your dwelling, a possession without spot or blemish. This is my hope and the reason I speak. In this hope I rejoice when I rejoice rightly. As for the other things of this life, the less they deserve tears, the more likely will they be lamented. And the more they deserve tears, the less likely will men sorrow for them. For behold, you have loved the truth because the one who does what is true enters into the light. I wish to do this truth before you alone by praising you and before a multitude of witnesses by writing of you. O Lord, the depths of man's conscience lie exposed before your eyes. Could anything remain hidden in me, even though I did not want to confess it to you? In that case, I would only be hiding, hiding you from myself, not myself from you. But now my sighs are, in, are sufficient evidence that I am displeased with myself, that you are my light and the source of my joy, that you are loved and desired. I am thoroughly ashamed of myself. I have, an, I have renounced myself and chosen you, recognizing that I can please neither you nor myself unless you enable me to do so. Whoever I may be, Lord, lie exposed to your scrutiny. I have already told of the profit I gain when I confess to you. And I do not make my confession with bodily words, bodily speech, but with the words of my soul and the cry of my mind, which you hear and understand. When I am wicked, my confession to you is an expression of displeasure with myself. But when I do good, it consists in not attributing this goodness to myself. For you, O Lord, bless the just man, but first you justify the wicked. And so I make my confession before you in silence, and yet not in silence. My voice is silent, but my heart cries out. You, O Lord, are my judge. For though no one knows a man's innermost self except the man's own spirit within him, yet there is something in a man which even his own spirit does not know. But you know all of him, for you have made him. As for me, I despise myself in your sight, knowing that I am but dust and ashes. Yet I know something of you that I do not know of myself. 
And it goes on a bit, but I, I figured, why not end there with dust and ashes as we enter into Lent tomorrow? God bless you all.